Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Every community needs to step up. This is not a Providence issue or a state issue. This is an everybody's issue. Housing the homeless are not at the state house, where House Speaker Joe Sicarci returned to try to tackle that issue and others. He's on with us along with his top lieutenant today. Well, I like to see, to make sure that people that are unhoused have a housing situation where they have the wraparound services that they need so they can get it, so they can get their life back on track. Majority Leader Christopher Blaze Juski on his priorities for the new session, both in with me this morning. Holding the powerful accountable from Washington, D.C. to right here in Southern New England. This is 10 News Conference with Gene Valicenti. Good morning, everyone. I'm Gene Valicenti. This is 10 News Conference. Let's get right to our guest, the Democrats running the show on the House side. House Speaker Joe Sicarci, Democrat Warwick, Majority Leader Christopher Blaze Juski is top lieutenant. Well, good morning to both of you. Nice to have you both in. Good morning. It's good morning, great Gene. to be here. We no. like coming on your show. Well, I appreciate both of you coming in. You've been in before, and it's nice to have you back. The top issue today is the homeless. Uh, they're up at the State House, and, uh, you know, Channel 10, I think, kind of pushed this thing forward by showing exactly what's going on up there. Syringes in the benches and human waste and garbage and clothing and people and tents. How did this get so far, Speaker? That's where you work. Uh, I don't know how it got this far. I just think it's a big microcosm of the problem we have today, which is we do not have enough affordable housing. It, that's an issue. Since I became Speaker two years ago, it's been my number one priority. We made historic investments over the last two years in housing in general and homelessness. Just this past year, in the budget we passed in July mm -hmm. of this year, there was over $10 million directly targeted toward homelessness on top of the $250 million allocation. That's what we did in July. We also gave an allocation in January and another one in December. So within one year, the General Assembly has appropriated three significant amounts of money to tackle homelessness and affordable housing in general. All right. And created a revenue stream also so it's ongoing as well. I understand that's sort of a general term, but it's practically, uh, Majority Leader Blaze Juski, the tents popped up weeks and weeks ago. During the debate, I asked the governor about this. How was that allowed to happen? That's not a place for permanent protest. Look, housing is a human right, Gene, and we in the General Assembly, we've been working on this. We as a society have to work on expanding affordable housing here in Rhode Island at every level. Long-term housing, short-term housing, shelter housing, and in the General Assembly, we appropriate money. That's mm -hmm. our job. And over the last two years, since Speaker Shikarchi became Speaker, we've worked on that. We've addressed this issue. We created a pay-for-success program in 2021 that still hasn't uh, been instituted yet in the uh, General Assembly through the administration. That program was designed to deal with exactly the issues you find here, to provide the wraparound services that people need to be, be able to, to get out of a situation okay. like they're in and, and get a permanent housing so they can get on with their lives. Now, you both just said a similar thing. You write the check. Yes. And it's up to the housing secretary, Mr. Saul, to execute. He didn't. What do you want to say about how the job he's doing? There's people popping up on this, in the tents yeah. at the state house. It was, so, let me use the so, word disgusting. It was because the defecation was there. You saw it, I saw it. Let me tell you that the 
housing is a very critical issue. But I know that what's going on in the state house is getting a lot of attention. But there are ho homelessness people all over Rhode Island. Okay. This is not just the state house. Right. I mean, it's all the media's focus on the state house, but it's happening in Warwick. It's happening in other parts of Providence. It's happening all over the state. The city of Warwick has stepped up. We have two hotels that are ho that are housing homeless people right now. I congratulate Mayor Picozzi and the Warwick City Council. They have been uh, welcomed and they have been also the people of Warwick have showed up, given them blankets, bring them, brought them clothes. We have done our part. This is an issue that is a statewide issue. It needs to be addressed statewide. Everybody wants housing, but yes. nobody wants housing in their backyard. This is a continuous fight. We're going to try this session yeah. in the General Assembly to con uh, move forward with a bunch of uh, housing laws to help pass and, and make it easier to build affordable housing all over Rhode Island. Everybody wants to do better for the homeless. Are we all in agreement about that? And you spent money. It's not a money. It's not a question of money. That, you I'm, said I'm, you I'm, spent I'm money. I'm glad you're saying that because a lot of people don't feel the General Assembly has done enough. We've done more in the last two years than has ever been done okay. before. Then why are you reluctant to lay out the governor and specifically his housing secretary? If you gave him the money, where's the shelter? Where are the hotel rooms? Where's the plan? And why are they at the state house? Come on, let's we, call it. No, uh, we at, when the General Assembly convenes in January, we're going to ask those questions. We, we're not in session right now. We will be having oversight okay. hearings. We will go through that process, but it's about production. Uh, Secretary Stahl has been there for less than one year. I want to give him at least a year, and then I'm going to be asking a lot of tough questions. For me, it's about production, production, production. He has known this. We have had uh, conversations with him before. My key policy person yeah. and him meet every other week. We, I want to know what's going on and updates. Okay. And I want, I'm going to hold people accountable. You sound very generous and very diplomatic. Uh, Majority Leader Blaze Juski, Saul's been here for a year. His job was to make sure the people don't pop up at the state house, get the shelter, get the beds, do what you have to do. He didn't. The administration sent out a deputy chief of staff to admit, yes, we fell short. Now, come on, people are watching this poor state house. It, it, it looks really like a homeless camp up there. That's not what it's supposed to be. Would you at least give me that, that the tents don't belong there? Well, look, the administration has to do more. We all have to do more and as a society. And I think in the legislature, we've recognized that. We've been, we've been providing the resources to address these issues for years. And I think it's time the administration has to keep pushing to create the shelter beds that we need, the short-term solutions, and also, and this is something the speaker mentioned, the long-term solutions, the affordable housing at every level that we need to make sure that people have a warm, okay. safe, dry place to live so they can work and raise a family in Rhode if, Island. If G I write G the story after this, I'm going to say that both of you said you write the check, you gave the money, and they didn't execute. That's well, what well, I'm well, taking well, as a newsman. Well, That's what I'm taking well, let here. let me ask you this as a newsman. This morning, as, as we have actually taping this, Friday, this, yes. this, this segment, a judge issued a, a restraining order allowing those people to stay, at least in the short term. Well, what do you make of that legal theory? By the way, you're both attorneys. He's saying you have a First Amendment right to protest at the state house. My tent, I'm sleeping, that's all part of it. What, do you agree with that? Well, first Legal of, theory? So, so first of all, let me, let me tell you, it's a very strong constitution. People come to the state house every single day. Yes. And they come there to make a statement. Either sometimes they testify, sometimes they wear a shirt, sometimes they're in the gallery, sometimes okay. they clap. And the judge has interpreted, and I don't know who the judge is who's ruled on this, that the form of being there in these tents outside is a form of protest, at least in the short term. So I, I'm not going to second guess a judge's 
especially a lawyer who hasn't been involved in the case and don't know the facts or the okay. theories. But what I will tell you, there has to be a balance between health and safety. You cannot go into a theater and say, it's my constitutional right to say anything I want, freedom of speech, and yell fire. Okay. That puts people at a public safety risk. So there's a balance. I trust the judge in this case, whoever he or she is, that they made the right decision. Not only did they allow them to stay, but I understand the judge also limited them and said there'd be no more new encampments on the statehouse grounds. So we don't know enough about mm -hmm. the case for me to really give you okay. a legal analysis. I'm not afraid to if you want to give me a brief and read it and give you an opinion, but I haven't, I'm not a party to the, uh, to the I, I understand, but people watching at home know that tents don't belong in the statehouse. You, you don't belong Pe defecating over the rail. You don't belong there at night. It's almost like a health crisis. Uh, Leader Blaze Juski, you want to address this? You're also an attorney. What do you think of this legal theory that anybody can go up there and stay as long as you want and have a, a permanent protest? Because then this opens up to any group that wants a protest. How about if the truckers want to roll an 18-wheeler and leave it parked over there? Where well, does it end? I'm not familiar with the with the case. It, the decision literally just happened. Uh, just like the speaker said, we're not going to second guess that a judge who has looked at it, who has been briefed by the parties, yeah. who has listened to the legal theories. Um, so we're going to let that process play it out as we often do. And we're the legislature. But, 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 we're not but, the judiciary. I will take the Truckers have been there before. We were doing the tolls. And they were driving around the state. I was honking the horns. They for left hours, for hours on end. <laughs> they but, didn't park the car on the tarmac but, and, and no, go. But, but everybody comes to state us. We have debates on uh, firearms and guns and, and there's lots of protests there that we have people in the state house all the time with singing songs playing music it's a form of protest it's a people that the state house doesn't belong to me or you it belongs I, um, to all everybody of Rhode Island they have a right to be there Gene. nobody understands that more than me protest is an honored tradition here by the way First I want to tell you not every state house allows people to go right in and protest in the rotunda. That's a Rhode Island thing. It's a There's great other state thing. houses it's, it's, you can't get in. They use scream and yell outside. Here you can go right in. But you understand that that's a little different, the gun protests and everything else, than what we have now. This is a permanent encampment. I think it's temporary. I think it's temporary, and I think the judge, the her, uh, judge's order, whoever he or she is, is a temporary order. It's only restraining order. It's only lasts for 10 days, and then there'll be another hearing as well. Speaker, take, take the last word on this, Leader Blaszczewski. Yeah, this is, look, it's about safety. We want to find long-term solutions here. We agree that encampment on the statehouse grounds is not a long-term solution. We need to find those solutions, and we're going to keep working, we as a society and the legislature, to provide the resources that the administration yeah. needs to, to uh, solve this problem. You know, well, let me just go a minute longer here, because this is very interesting. You mentioned war. This is your community has done its part. You're right. They're in the Motel 6 on Jefferson Boulevard. And, and there's, another, there's another location yes, in I'm Metro gonna, Center. I'll get to that. Motel 6, that's a perfect location. You know why? There's no homes around it. There's no neighborhood that it impacts. It's right on the highway. And the other families are in the hotel, the Old Suite Hotel, in the office park. Also an area where there's no neighborhood. Now, in the Nilo last year, they put the homeless in there. That millions of dollars it cost. And the neighborhood was very, very upset, Pontiac Village, because the man across the street said, I didn't bargain for a homeless shelter. What happened to there? Well, they, they left it. It was yeah. a short-term, temporary solution. I think the people were upset for a couple of reasons, but they didn't get notice. This time, Bayon Pocosi did, in fact, get notice. Right. So I think it's about better communication, and I think that... They probably made a mistake last year with going there without giving notice to the local host community. They learned from that. They gave notice this year in Warwick, and the community seems to have responded accordingly. And you know what the, what the homeless advocates who are remaining up there today as we speak, they're demanding hotel rooms. Was it a mistake to put the homeless in denial? It's a nice setup. It's a nice place. Cable TV, room service. It's very nice. Well, they seem to want that again. Well, wait a minute. First of all, you, you make it sound like that the state 
forced these uh, on the Nilo. The Nilo accepted them, and they were paid oh, for them. Why wouldn't they? Of they course. took millions of dollars. Of, of in an off-season, yeah. the Nilo took your millions through crossroads, and the homeless went there, yeah. and it's a very nice setup. Yeah. They're demanding that today. Was that a mistake to go to hotels versus shelters? I don't believe it, it was a mistake. I think you need, when you're in a crisis situation and it's an emergency situation, you have to look at all alternatives, and you have to go where the, the best available yeah. option is. So, no, it was not a mistake. We don't have the shelter beds, so we have hotel rooms, so I guess that's it. I don't know. I, my understanding is that they're working very diligently. There are some homeless uh, places that they can go, some shelters, but there's just not enough capacity, and there's really not a, enough of a, a way, a delivery system to get to the people that need to be there in those, okay. those particular shelters. Let me just bottom line this and wrap this and be fair to everybody. By the way, it's good to have a spirited discussion on this. I, I think it's what people want. They're watching the news. They want to hear from the people That's why I come it. on your okay, show. It's good. always going to be. It's always a spirited discussion when you, you sit down with the anchor man. The two of you say we write the checks, we fund the emergency programs, and we funded them, and we gave the money to the governor to execute. You're a little hesitant to lay out the housing secretary, Saul. It's an ongoing situation. He's been there less than a year. I want to have at least a year of review and then okay. we'll decide it. But no, am I disappointed that, that people are at the state house? Yes. Am I disappointed that we have a homeless problem? Yes. Can we do better in Rhode Island? Absolutely. Yes. But I'm, I'm hesitant to criticize somebody when I don't know all the facts. Okay. And I'm also hesitant to criticize somebody without having them sit there and talk to me and explain why. I need to know all the facts. I'm not afraid to criticize. I'll criticize you, the media. You have. And, That's and, okay. And, and I could take I, it. I don't have a, I don't have a problem <laughs> doing right. that. But to be fair, I should know all the information. Okay. Take the last word. Then we really will go to a break. Here. I agree with the speaker. We need to give the administration time to address this, but we will continue to push the administration to do more and to do more with the resources we provided. Okay, great. We'll be right back. Let's talk about other things. We've got the soccer stadium, the Superman building, the tolls, the budget, and your priorities for the new session coming up. 10 News Conference continues. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back. Ted News Conference continues with the two top men running the House, Democrats, House Speaker Joe Sikorchi, Majority Leader Klish Blaze Juski. All right, let's go through it. Uh, let's do a lightning round. The new session's coming in. We've already established that affordable housing is going to be a top priority. It has been. It's, it's going to continue right. to be. Uh, point noted. Now let's move on to other things because okay. that's not the entire piece of cake here. What's your top, other, beyond that, what's your other top priority? We're going to continue the good work we've built on. I'm looking at biosciences uh, as a, a possible way to look for an industry to go forward. We want to address some of the issues that we've uh, moved forward on. Uh, in addition to housing, as you said, it's always okay. a big uh, priority. And then the budget is the single biggest priority the House does every year. We'll continue to do that as, as we have done very well. We've done three budgets in the first term, and they were all balanced. As a matter of fact, we didn't raise taxes, we cut taxes. All right, just quickly, this biosciences, it, it, make that very simple for me to understand. You want to attract a lab in? What, yep. what do you want to do? I want to partner 
with stakeholders, yep. particularly, probably, hopefully, Brown University. I haven't even okay. started those discussions yet, and my counterparts in government, the Senate and the executive office, and see if we can come to a, a, some kind of a quasi-agency or some way to launch biosciences down at the 195 area. So you think that could be a moneymaker for us? Absolutely, for the state and, and create an, an unbelievable uh, industry here in Rhode Island that we don't have. It's been done very well and successfully in other parts of the country. We have everything we need here in Rhode Island to make it work. We also have done a very good job last year and continued this year to help launch the offshore wind industry yes. throughout okay. the United States. We funded the key, the uh, yeah. South Key in East Providence, when it continued to look at ways, long-term ways to make Rhode Island a better place to live and work and well, raise a family. Let's talk about the budget. You're flush with cash. What's a much, What's How much do you have? In the bank. What's, it changes daily, but how much we got in the bank right well, now, here's, including all the COVID relief money and everything? Here's what's important when you're looking at the budget is that, yes, we have a surplus this year, but these are one-time dollars. And we are mindful in the General Assembly, especially in the House, and the role, important role that we play in the budget to make sure that we're spending one-time dollars on, on one-time issues. We don't want to create long-term liabilities mm -hmm. for the state that could ultimately lead to cuts in the future that only harm the people of the state of Rhode Island. So we're very mindful of that. We're going to take a look at the numbers. We got the numbers that came in, in November. We'll have better numbers in May. Okay. And we'll look at the governor's budget, what he proposes in mid-January, and we'll go from there. But we have to be mindful that these dollars are one time that we have in this current surplus. We also have to be mindful that everybody's got their hands out. And I mean everybody <laughs> that, is up that's, there that's asking not for a, money. That's not a new thing. We had a $1 billion uh, Oppo money last year, the first I had, one, I had yes. $12 billion in requests, so right. that's not a new thing. But just as the leader said, that we have to be careful. We have expenses in the state also. We have energy costs in the state, and we also have uh, increased expenses as well. We, we allocated money to build new uh, housing, new new hospital mm -hmm. at that's going to cost more just like everyone else we we have issues when when the state is doing something we yep. have to pay our bills we have our energy bills to pay we have electricity bills to pay we have our heating bills to pay and our costs go up also we're not immune from that no noting that you have money we have money and everybody's got their hands out but this doesn't involve you directly it's kind of in the same church maybe a different pew uh providence got their own tranche of money all the cities and towns got their own money you were, you were yeah. quick to point that out the uh, cities uh, and towns uh, are flush with and, cash and too none of my good friends in the media tend to oh, focus no, on that oh no you told me and i remembered that <laughs> yeah, but, yes, but, but, but I, don't, I don't remember you doing any stories on it well i used to my radio show we talked about a lot in fact okay. i'm quoting you now you good. told me make sure that you know that the cities and towns got their own tranche of money they, they, got, did. they actually got two tranches of money they got some in the education area and then they got some in like okay. i call the general revenue area as and well providence gave 1.5 million dollars to bring the penguins back how does that strike you because to me it's like how much that what do the penguins have to do with covid now i know they're going to make the case oh the zoo we didn't have enough people and the penguins are going to be it but the average guy sitting at home saying a million and a half for the penguins well, the, the city of Providence is addressing its budgetary needs and taking a look at what they need to do. But I can tell you that as someone who has young children who does go to Roger Williams Zoo, it's a huge attraction. It's one of our biggest tourist attractions in the state. Yeah. Draws an enormous number of people. So, And that has an impact on our hospitality in industry, on our restaurants. So I don't know exactly how they made that decision, but the Roger Williams Park Zoo is a, is a huge attraction. I in our agree state. with that, but you know, a million and a half for the penguins? Well, you should people ask. People say, come on. You, Gene, respectfully, yeah. you should ask the mayor. Providence. I did. I asked Council, Council President Igliosi. I stand by it. It's good for economic development, and I stand by it. I, we have, we in the General Assembly have no control over that, that money. That's all federal money. I know that. Yeah, but you know that. Yeah, it, right. it, it, it's all federal money. I have no control how any city and town spends that money. I preface that by saying that, but in the larger sense, a lot of these things we're seeing, somebody could make the argument on whether, is that really COVID relief? Sure. Some of these things? I, I, there's, I get second-guessed second every single day. 
every decision I make at the General Assembly, there's always a group that likes it and there's always a group that doesn't like it. Now, I may become immune okay. to it, but th that is very common in, in this practice. All right, quickly, your priorities. In, he mentioned biosciences, but I assure you share that. Anything else that's the top of your list for the new session? Sure, so looking at the budget is always a priority, and that impacts so many parts of, of our lives, right? There's healthcare in there, there's education. You know, I'm really proud here in Rhode Island that we're working to rebuild our schools. Uh, we have invested, we had a bond that passed with $250 million. The city of provinces does bonding for hundreds of millions of dollars. We have got to have schools that are warm, safe, and dry if people are expected to learn and compete in the 21st century. So supporting education and healthcare forms a yep. big part of what we do with our budget. You led me nicely to our next segment. Let's pick up at the beginning of the Providence schools because the education secretary, uh, the commissioner just said yesterday, three to five years before we get everybody back on track. That's how much we lost in the in the pandemic, and that's not Providence, that's everybody. Quick break, we'll be right back with the leader and the speaker. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car, you should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Welcome back to News Cops. It continues to speak to Sikarchi and, and leader Blaze Juski. Let's bang through a couple of issues before we have to say goodbye to the folks. Marijuana has been legalized. The money's coming in. Are you pleased with how it's gone so far? Too early to tell. I am pleased that we have a really good marijuana law yep. in place. I, I congratulate everybody who worked on it. It's become a model for other states to look at. It's been in effect for eight days. So I'm not ready to comment about the success and not ask me that in about eight months and I'll give you an answer. Your city has a compassion center on Jefferson Boulevard. And I understand you're going to get at least one more uh, dedicated marijuana shop on Bald Hill. Uh, so they're coming to work. What have you heard about the other communities welcoming this? Uh, you know, I don't know what the stat is. That's community by community. But really, this cannabis law, I think, is the best of the nation. But we need it to have time for it to roll out. As the speaker has pointed out, in other, uh, in other states, they're always revising their cannabis yeah. laws once they, once they go to legal um, cannabis. Uh, Colorado has been legal for over 10 years. And every single year, the Colorado legislature has tweaked the law. Okay. I expect there'll be some tweaks in this law this year, minor, nothing major. Uh, those are issues that we'll address as they come. But the way this law is set up, there's going to be hopefully a cannabis commission appointed by the governor and, and, and confirmed by the Senate in January, mm -hmm. and they will do the uh, more of the regulations and it'll be away from the General Assembly. That'll be apart from the compassion centers because they're, yeah. they're selling it right now. These are yeah. for the 20-odd shops that are, are going to yes. and, and come those, on board. Th those were all targeted certain uh, areas, certain uh, communities, and there's a, there's a lot more in that law as well. There's, there's also automatic expungement. Yeah. A, it's a very comprehensive law. Are you concerned that not everything has been tied down, that you will have more people driving impaired, that the police have nowhere to, nowhere to really test it? Are you concerned about that? Was this something that was pushed through without thinking that fully through? No, I think all of that was thought through. Look, impairment is an issue, whether whether it's alcohol or cannabis that you, well, that you need to address. Prescription drugs. Okay. A great point, Mr. Speaker. But this is this is sort of where we're at. Is that we're we're no we know that we may have to make tweaks going forward, as the okay. speaker just said, and we'll look to that. Let's talk about this stadium deal. Uh, Governor McKee got hammered on this during the 
during the campaign. Do you fully support well, uh, the stadium he, he, deal he, in, he, in Pawtucket? He, he didn't get him that much because he won by a good margin. Well, I know. I could, uh, he, he got hammered, but he didn't lose the election. <laughs> but you know the issue I'm getting at. So the deal that, that the, uh, exists right now is being done with, has already been approved by the General Assembly. If there's another ask out of that, I can promise you a very robust public process. But generally speaking, do I support the stadium in Pawtucket? The answer is yes. Under the way it has been structured and approved by the General Assembly, I support that for the city of Pawtucket, but for the state of Rhode Island. Just please make a little, uh, you share this opinion. Now, what's the second ask? If they come back and ask for, for another yeah. boatload, hold on a second. Is that what we're hearing, well, my hearing? We have to take a look at what, what the request is and whether it falls within an existing okay. programs. The current uh, resources fall within existing programs. We'll see what the request is in the governor's budget. You're good with the Superman building deal that was cut? They put the light back on. Wasn't that nice of them? So the, the Superman building is all being done with the existing yes. programs that are already exist. There was no indirect ask to the General Assembly. All we were asked to do is authorize the city of Providence, if mm -hmm. they wanted to, to increase their tax treaty from 20 years to 30 years or 30 years to 40 years. But whatever that was, we gave the enabling legislation for the city council mm -hmm. of Providence to make that decision. But yes, I also support that well. That, that building's uh, been vacant for over 10 years that I'm aware of. It, it has a direct impact on all of downtown and all the office space downtown. I think it would be great to rehabilitate that. And I hope they can make it happen, make it real. And I want to point out about that, the overwhelming majority, if not all of the money that was, you know, public subsidy mm -hmm. into that building comes at the very end of the project. Okay. So if the project fails halfway through or doesn't mm -hmm. happen, there is no public exposure. And I think if we're going to look at doing projects, that's the way we should do that. I want to congratulate right. and commend former uh, Commerce Secretary Pryor because they have come to the General Assembly three or four times and I would not entertain those until it was structured in a way that the mi very minimal risk to the taxpayers of Rhode Island. I just have one minute left very quickly then I want to wrap you. Uh, tolls, you support appealing the tolls, the, 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 uh, the ruling against the tolls. You think you're going to win that? I, personally, yes. yes, I do. And yes? Yes. And you're both lawyers. All right. Finally, Providence Schools, the Education Commission, I, think I wish I had more time, 30 seconds. Uh, AIG, she just said three to five years before we get everybody back on track. Are you shocked by that? How much we lost? And again, just quickly. Yeah. So December 15th, the House Oversight Committee will be having a hearing, and uh, uh, Commissioner Alfonte Green will be there. We will ask her those questions and why, in, in, in the context that she said that. Ten seconds. You're, you're good with this, this upcoming action on December 15th, you yes. said? That's right. We, 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 and we've added right. additional oversight to the uh, state takeover in the past General Assembly session. I appreciate both of you coming in again, a good spirit of discussion. We left things out, but we couldn't get to everything. We'll have you on again. Thank you, Speaker Sikarchi, Leader Blaze Juski. And thanks for joining us. That's 10 News Conference. We'll see you again next week.